Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Tell your chico pit boomers 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now that's, that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we always talking about striving and achievement and, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple podcast. Podcast one. Spotify. Happy Sunday morning on this eve of the last episode of Game of Thrones later on tonight. But this is Collider Mailbag, and I am your host, John Roke. I'm super excited to do this episode today because I'm welcoming back one of my favorite people in the world and that I've discovered here in the sphere uh, and someone I've become very fast friends with. And you guys loved her the first time she was on, so she was excited to come back on. Uh, Welcome, Nikki Novak. You know what I love is that you always say, one of my favorite people, because I've watched other episodes of Mailbag. So I think you're going to have to, at some point, do your Avengers team of Mailbag (laughs) guests. That's possible. I've got a great selection to choose from, that's for sure. You would definitely be in it, Nikki, that's for sure. How how are you? I'm good. How are you? On this rainy... uh, I know. It's super rainy, and we all complain when it rains (laughs) one day of the year. It's true. But I'm from Canada, so I'm used to driving in this. This This is child. Play. Oh, for you. Yeah, yeah. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. For people in LA, the rain is always brings out the nuttiness of it. But anyway, we're here to answer your questions uh, from you, the fans there at Collider. Want to thank you so much for sending in the questions that you did. Remember, we put the call out on social media, on Twitter and on Instagram. And when you see those call out, put that hashtag Collider mailbag on your questions. It makes it easier for me to find. Or if you don't like social media or don't want to do it through social media, maybe you wake up at 3 a.m. and you're like, I have to ask this question. You can email us at mailbag at Collider.com. I pour through all those questions to find some of the best ones. Send them on to my guests. They pick five that excite them the most. I think we've got five really good ones yeah. for today. Don't or, you by the way, I'm going to give out your phone number later. Nope. So you can text Robert nope. directly <laughs> for nope. the morning. We don't need that. <laughs> Kidding. I can't help you. Uh, all right, let's move on to the first question here. It's an email from Cole Mead. He writes, hello, if Steve McQueen was alive and in his prime today, what franchise would you put him in? Try not to use Fast and the Furious. Or Fast and Furious. Uh, what do you say there, Nikki? Well, I guess that's the, the obvious because right. he loved cars and, you know, the whole thing. So um, taking that off the table, um, I came up with a couple. Okay. I thought 
Jason Bourne. Oh, that's a great choice. Because there's the car element, the mm-hmm. whole, you know, and, and he was such a physical guy. I mean, I thought that was a, a good yeah. one. Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Die Hard's a good choice he could as well. Do, he could do a remake of the, of the Die Hard. And mm-hmm. then I thought Mission Impossible, but then I thought, don't touch Tom. Just don't oh, touch Tom. Leave right. Tom alone. Unless he played... If could because Tom is always the one that does all the stunts, mm-hmm. and he Steve McQueen liked to do stunts. Um, if he was to come back and be like the villain, oh, two Tom, and Cruise. they were yeah, and they and then you okay. got to learn about you know on set about how they were both sort of trying to one up each other mm-hmm. with the stunts. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool, but instead of giving him Mission Impossible. I'm giving him a Top Gun because I knew he oh, flew. Oh yeah, Top Gun. He could great. actually fly. So okay, um, yeah. Those and are your franchises. One more. Okay. If you were ever going to redo Captain Jack Sparrow, he could do Captain Jack Sparrow. Steve McQueen might be an interesting <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Steve McQueen was a fantastic actor from the 60s and early 70s who unfortunately passed away, I think. Was it cancer or it something? It was cancer. Was, yeah. And it was... Um, from smoking He was stuff. told, yeah, he was told that he had a few months... Uh, he wants to live and he sort of defied and he went through all these right. unconventional methods and mm-hmm. went down for surgery when his doctors here told him not to and he passed due to heart failure right. related to yeah. eventually yeah but, but the such, man such great yeah. films uh you know magnificent seven is what really announced him but then you look at so many the getaway you look at the original thomas crown affair uh you look at the great escape there's so many uh, uh great movies that he was in and westerns as well that he did yeah. so there's a lot to explore with steve so there was a variety of things to choose from from with Stephen King. Plus, he was one of the most good-looking dudes yeah. to ever be on screen with those Leading piercing man. blue eyes. Yeah, lots of love interests in his oh, films yeah. and yeah. off-screen, too. Yes, that's true. Oh, and, well, there you go. <laughs> and some really good documentaries out there about him right now. I would have put him as Captain America in the MCU, absolutely. Great. I did put Mission Impossible as well. I thought he'd be a great Ethan Hunt, but maybe... You just changed my mind a little bit. Maybe he's the villain and Ethan Hunt chases through multiple movies like Blofeld is for James right. Bond, showing up at different times. That would have been interesting to see him be that. I think in Indiana Jones, if you're going to redo Indiana Jones, he'd be a yeah. great Indiana Jones. Great you can see one. him with the smirk. Totally. Doing his thing totally. with his piercing blue eyes. <laughs> and uh, the last one I had was Jurassic Park, the Chris Pratt character in Jurassic Park. Yeah, that would he'd be, be fun. great, like kind of monitoring. And I guarantee you, maybe a little bit more uh, complexity and depth to his portrayal of that character from Steve McQueen. I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just saying we would have gotten that from Steve McQueen. That's all I'm trying to say. But he would have made it really edgy, too. And he was known for sometimes not clashing a little bit behind the scenes and sort of doing his own thing. So I feel like Chris Pratt's that guy that gets along with everybody. Mm-hmm. He doesn't ruffle feathers. He probably shows up on time, probably shows up with coffee for everybody. Yeah. He seems like that kind of guy. Oh, I think Chris is great, yeah. and he's great for that role. Steve, I just mean if Steve, Steve would have done something. Done totally his own thing with Yeah, it. something edgier, something more, uh, something going on with him and Jessica Chastain maybe behind the scenes. Oh, listen to you. Yeah, you're, getting the, you're getting the love <laughs> happening. All right, let's move on to our second one. What do we got, Nikki? Yeah, all right. I hope I have this right one. Mm-hmm. Hey, okay, this is from Benjamin's 2000. 2018 says, Hey, Roca and guest. I've always been interested in cinematography and love movies with impressive and or unique styles of cinematography. It seems like cinematographers are lesser known than directors, writers, and composers. I'm wondering who your favorite cinematographer is and if you think cinematography has a great impact on the film quality. Mm. I've always been impressed with Lubezki. Lubezki, I'm getting it right, right? Lubezki? Lubezki Don't laugh yeah. at me. I'm not Emmanuel Lubezki. And Libetique. 
Libetique. Libetique. Thanks. Uh, I'm sorry for the mouthful. <laughs> All right. So my answer to this, if you ask for my favorite cinematographer, it's Roger Deakins. I don't think there's any question in my mind. And this has been for quite some time. Uh, I mean, you could go all the way back to Sid and Nancy to see where Roger Deakins started out pretty insane. If you remember that film from the early 80s. I remember that film. With Gary Oldman and Chloe Webb, one of the lost great actresses from the 80s. Uh, but Roger Deakins has such an interesting eye and works on so many different projects and genres that I find his ability to move in and out of situations to be grandiose and small and in the middle and do it so effectively is incredible. You look at Big Lebowski, you look at Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? But then you look at something like Skyfall, which is maybe the best Bond movie ever made, and how he frames Bond and all the action sequences and the use of colors and the use of lights or non-lights, especially that battle sequence in the dark with the neon lights reflecting back in that uh, building. You've also got Blade Runner 2049, which is luscious from beginning to end. Uh, Luscious. Luscious. (laughs) He was. He was sexy, wasn't wasn't it? It was a sexy film. He was. Shawshank Redemption, which is incredible, and bare bones and gritty and concrete and st- like just very uh, linear, very cut off, very boxing. He makes it work within the frame. And then House of Sand and Fog, which I think is one of these films that people don't give enough love to oh. that is heartbreaking. But the use of clouds, the dark clouds, mm-hmm. the rain, the feeling that you were actually in that environment. I think that's the biggest thing about Roger Deakins is he can transport you into that world and make you feel the elements, the weather elements or the feeling of the dirt or the wall or the wood or the gravel or the trees, uh, whatever it is, he brings you, or the sand, he brings you into that world. I think that's fantastic. And I agree with you. Lubeski is one of my favorites as well, from Ali to Children of Men to Gravity to Tree of Life to all of the uh, uh, Terrence uh, uh, Malick films. He does such a great job bringing those life. I guarantee you those films wouldn't affect as much peop- as many people as they do from the ones who go see it if it wasn't for his cinematography. I love Nikki. it. I love it. And yeah. in answer to sort of that part of the question about films being like whether, whether or not that's something that's important to us. Yeah. And why are they the sort of the unsung heroes? Like when you think about it, like the cinematography is really the main character in the film. It is one of the main characters. I yeah. agree with that too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with, without that, and I'm like, I'm such a super visual person. I'm mm. that person that if a movie isn't that great, but it has great visuals, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but it was so pretty to look at. Um, so yeah, I love, I love that choice. Um, Le Batique, I love because of like a star is born yes. mother and venom, which I really oh, liked venom. venom. Right. Yeah, you liked venom. Me I, and you, I enjoyed me some venom, on that one. but I have, um, I have a couple of, Badasses. I have Robert Richardson. Mm, Great choice. Who, I'm just going to go down the list. He's doing Once Upon a Time. Yes. That's coming out. He's done a lot of Very soon. Yes. Natural Born Killers, Kill Bill, One and Two. He did um, A Few Good Men, Born on the Fourth of July. Mm -hmm. Um, Wall Street, The Aviator, which is one of those gorgeous films with Leo ever. And he did, he won, he's won three Oscars. He won for JFK. So he's sort of one of the ones that I kind of and I'm I'm kind of the same like I actually like as much as like I love the question I love cinematography I don't know as much about the na- the specific names but mm-hmm. then when I was actually researching and looking through I was like oh yeah that person did that one and that one and that one and that yeah. one so then Linus um Sandgren who did First Man in La La Land Oh good choice um yeah, first sort of incredible. like been doing a lot of great stuff and mm-hmm. and La La Land to me was um visually like Nobody's done anything like that before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it was completely unique. It was completely 
Like you'll always remember that. Whether or not you liked that film and mm-hmm. you liked the characters and you liked the story, right. it was one of those films that uh, was a throwback but done in such a fresh, cool way and how yeah. one – the use of color and how one scene would end on a purple and then go into a red and yeah. use, the use of primary colors was really cool. Do we have time for more? Let's just – or One more, I think. Um, <laughs> John Seal. I wish you all could see the uh, number of papers that she has lined up here. This this is like, what do you call that? Homeland? This is like Homeland. She's like uh, Clara Danes in Homeland. Let's just give a little. Can you see any of that? You probably can't. But no, this is sort of how I I work. And then if I write it out neat, I can't make sense of any of it. It kind of has to be, um, yeah, this is a look Mm -hmm. inside my brain. It's making me very uncomfortable. All it's missing is red strings connecting things. Anyway, yeah, one last one. um, 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 um. Who's this is Gripping's Collider Mailbag moment. Who should I pick? John well, Seal. There I'm you go. Pick okay. Because he did, I think, the most gorgeous film ever made. Oh. The English Patient. Oh, that's a great it's choice. It's the most beautiful I film, film I have ever witnessed. Yeah. It, and then he also did the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, which is it's fantastic. Well. Yeah, and um, and he did of, uh, and he did Rain Man. And oh. Mad Max Fury, Fury Road. He came out of retirement in 2015 for Mad Max, Max Fury Road. And now he's retired again. So let's bring him out of retirement. Let's give him some love. <laughs> that so, makes yeah. sense because you can see the use of sand and dirt in the English patients, the patient, the way he films that as if the desert is, a, like they say in the movie, the desert is a woman. And you can see the curves. He frames the curves and the, shoots the curves the so dirt beautifully. dirt in Rain Man? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was no, kidding. Yeah, so I was just saying. <laughs> no, no, but there's dirt. But the dirt in, in Mad Max Fury Road as well, the sand. Yeah. The, and, of course, Talented Mr. Ripley has that kind of like cream sepia tone yeah, vibe through it gorgeous. as well. So, yeah, very well done. Gorgeous. All right, let's move on to our third question. It's an email from Jermaine Brown. He writes, hey, John and great guest. My question is, I heard James McAvoy wanted to play the Riddler in the new Batman movie. What do you think about James McAvoy playing the Riddler? If they choose to use the Riddler, I think he makes an excellent choice. Thanks for taking my question. Keep up the great work. Nikki Novak. I mean, that's a, obvious. I mean, if you saw <laughs> Glass, I mean, you, if he right. can play 20, how many, how many was it? 20 characters? 20, 23 or yeah, 26? Yeah, 23, 24, something like that. If he can do, he can, then he can play one Riddler. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think of like Jim Carrey and it's like a completely different direction. Yes. Um, but... You know, James McAvoy is one of those people that I think he's really hot right now, mm-hmm. but in a kind of understated way still. Like, he's not a huge movie star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this could be that sort of breakout thing oh, for him point, that yeah. pu- puts him in sort of, you know, into the mainstream. And and he's one of those actors that you don't necessarily know mm-hmm. what you're going to get. Yeah. Um. So, like, certain actors are very recognizable. Like, I was reading online some of the other rec- people like who've been recommended in the past like some people were saying Topher Grace Ben Mendelsohn mm, some Mendelsohn people were saying Matt Smith if you watch The Crown yeah I could see that um, or Doctor Who yeah he could be really clever he mm-hmm. could be a really clever choice but the thing I like about James is that I think he would come up with something that you wouldn't even expect well it's a character that gets made fun of a lot uh, because it's, he's just a guy who tells jokes and riddles right he has no real superpower uh, the Riddler right. does and so he'll he'll create contraptions that can confound Batman and Robin at times, but he's not really seen as this kind of like really difficult guy to defeat. And sometimes he is a, uh, he's a tattletale, he's a snitch sometimes. He works as an informant. So Edward Nigma doesn't necessarily have that vibe. Even on Gotham, he's not like one of the main villains there, the way he's played. So bringing James McAvoy into this to play Riddler would be very interesting 
completely gives this character an extra or a new level of gravitas that we haven't seen before and some depth to him. And I wonder what McAvoy and the danger McAvoy could bring to this right. character. Like you mentioned in Split and Glass, his ability to play these different characters from the beast to a nine-year-old kid who likes to roller skate. He works the spectrum up and down in terms of status. And so he would bring so many levels to the character of Edward Nygma that you maybe had never seen before. Yeah. And immediately you're like, whoa, you, this is already right. a character to take seriously in this movie. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, the thing with all the characters that he played in those films mm -hmm. is that they were funny without be meaning, like they weren't ha-ha slapstick funny. Right, right. They were, like, it was so... Can I say batshit? Sure. It was so batshit that yeah. <laughs> you're like, I cannot believe what he's doing right now. And even like the climbing the walls and the whole thing, like it, there was a, the, a comedic element to it without hating you over the head yeah, with it. Yeah. So it would be cool to see him because he's so super edgy as an actor. Absolutely. So. Yeah. What do we anyway. got next? Okay. So um, uh, Badger Cheese 84 asks. Yeah, on Twitter. On Twitter. Thank you. No worries. Dear Mr. Roca and badass guest, there you go. I'm a, in a span of five years, Tom Hanks' uh, run of movies was legendary. Apollo 13, Forrest Gump, Philadelphia, Toy Story, Saving Private Ryan. Is there another actor or actress that comes to mind that has had so many hits over a five-year span? Yeah, this Roca. was tough. This was tough. Yes, this was a tough one. I don't I, have a clear answer. I mean, I had to dive one. deep into Reddit. To, yeah. to explore some other people's points of views. Because I was going through IMDb and picking out my best actors or my favorite actors. Yeah. And I could, in past two or three projects, it's hard to connect five years of consistently great right. work that that uh, garnered um, possible awards or award attention. So when you're looking at this, DiCaprio was the first one that jumped to mind here. You look at Gangs of New York, Catch Me If You Can, The Aviator, The Departed, and Blood Diamond, which a lot of people seem to like, and yeah. I enjoyed as well. But then Harrison Ford really comes in here with Empire Strikes Back, Raise the Lost Ark, Blade Runner, Return of the Jedi, Indiana Jones, and The Temple of Doom. I throw in Edward Norton with Primal Fear, Everyone Says I Love You, The People versus Larry Flint, Rounders, which is one of my classic favorite films, American History X, Fight Club, The Score, Red Dragon, and 25th Hour. All of that in a five-year period. Pretty incredible. And you compare it with someone like Pacino, the classic. He only did The Godfather, Serpico, Godfather, Part Two, Scarecrow, and Dog Day Afternoon in a four-year run. And then after that, it gets a little spotty with some of the uh, lesser choices there. So to me, it looks to me like either Harrison or, or Edward Norton is really the one to look at. And maybe even Edward Norton, which is surprising, considering where Edward Norton is now, which is an ensemble player in Wes Anderson films, rather than being leads anymore, which is unfortunate because he's right. such a fantastic actor. But yeah, that's what I would, I would throw Edward Norton up there. And some people mentioned Jake Gyllenhaal as well, but I don't see the five-year consistency through Jake just yet. How about you? Well, I mean, and this is the thing. I, I have to be honest with you. There, there isn't anybody who kind of, in Ooh, my mind, okay. achieved what he did in that short amount of time. And Tom I Hanks, think, that is. Yeah. Tom Hanks. And I think we all remember that run yeah. of every movie was a hit, mm -hmm. but here was the thing, and this was the difference between then and now. Back then, you could have more of a hit like mm -hmm. a hit movie that did well at the box office that was also an oscar contender right. where now it tends to be a little well a little more separate very separate you have your like summer blockbuster or your superhero movies or whatever that mm -hmm. make all the money and then we talk about award season it's always these or as of late it's been like these indie movies so that sort of run mm -hmm. Of, you know, I think about like the run of TV when the Friends cast was making a million dollars an episode, mm. that sort of run where actors could sort of 
cross the line and skirt both and do it really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cause what I came up with, I came up with like Will Smith, Matt Damon, or like the rock, but like the rock has oh. more like the, the, the money right. kind of hits and like, Matt Damon kind of had a little bit of both, you mm-hmm. know, and the Martian, he was nominated for, yeah. for best actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Will Smith kind of had, you know, a run there too. Mm-hmm. And he was also nominated for, for an Oscar, but there had, I don't, in my opinion, their answer is no, like no one sort of touched it. Wow. But I did have okay. the Harrison Ford. I did have that. Edward Norton. I didn't have, yeah. but yeah, the Harrison Ford, I think from the past, I think that was sort mm-hmm. of, yeah. No, I think you make a great point. And, and you know, in the, the, the extension of this conversation is, well, could Apollo 13, Forrest Gump, Philadelphia, Toy Story, same part, could all of that occur to another actor nowadays? And the answer is probably no, because a lot of these are adult, mm-hmm. mature films, right. right? These aren't superhero films. These aren't these kinds of films that you see now really being the focus of a lot of studios or these franchise tentpoles. These type of films, Apollo 13, Forrest Gump, Philadelphia, Saving Private Ryan, those are occurring less and less and less in the theater. And so this kind of run probably won't be duplicated and in the current state of movie uh, moviedom now a days because there isn't an avenue to put all those films unless up some of these actors like we're talking about Endgame should Robert Downey Jr. be nominated unless it starts to happen that superhero uh, movies in that start to right, garner the, more yeah, you know, know of that kind of thing which I don't know and then going way 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 back Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson was the only other person oh, that I Nicholson. think kind of put that kind of a That's string a together point. but yeah these it tends to be more in the past than than now but I hope somebody does I hope yeah. somebody breaks out and sort of like skirts the line of both because yeah super cool yeah i looked at a female actress as well but meryl streep doesn't quite get on a five-year run throughout her entire time neither does Catherine hepburn yeah i think jennifer lawrence comes close but after that it it becomes very difficult to find an actress on a five-year run sandra bullock with emily blunt none without misses so it's just well yeah there's been misses and then there's been you know like you said some of them take gaps between yeah which is the typical thing yeah. that people do like he was just on a roll yeah. and that was just that was crazy he was america's yeah. favorite and everybody was hoping he would like three peat at the oscars yes and, right right yeah yeah hmm hmm do you think avengers endgame gets nominated for a best picture yeah i feel the same way i don't i don't i don't know and it's always hard it's hard to say this now because mm-hmm. there's so much that still needs to come out and we st- we still need to see if the if it's in the conversation come fall well we're almost in june we're almost yeah. halfway through the year. Yeah, but you know, once like the, the Oscar, like right. September, when the Oscar right. bait movies start coming out, is it something that's, you know, we have one of those years that people are like, you know what, I still really liked, like, you know, yeah. when people said last year, Black Panther was still my favorite of the year. Are we going to have that? Or is it going to mm. kind of like fade into the dust? <laughs> <I will. laughs> we'll see. All right, one last question here. It's an email from Ewan uh, Callister. He asks, hi, John, and lucky number two. Please, I'm the lucky one here. Here's a fun question for you. Picture this. You're in the Disney universe, and you have to put together a Disney Avengers team. Who would you pick? Here are the rules. Mickey Mouse, Donald, and Goofy are already members, the former being the leader of the team. I think he means Mickey Mouse. You can only pick 10 characters to join them. Thanks for taking my question, and keep up the filthy. All right, Nikki Novak. Oh, my gosh. I have to go first? Yeah, well, of course. You okay. know the rules. All right. Go ahead. Um, I don't know if I played by the rules. <laughs> what else rules. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the per- first person I had is from an upcoming Disney film. Okay. I have The Rock, who's playing Frank in the Jungle Cruise movie that is coming up because I'm choosing him because of his sheer brawn. Is this cheating? Yes. Okay, but because, it's in Disney Universe. Yeah, but Disney Universe meaning cartoon characters. No, 
Yes, that's what that means. He did not say animated. Well, he, he said Disney laid Universe. Down Mickey Mouse, Donald, and Goofy. Yeah, that's fine. You can have your Mickey All Mouse, right, Donald, fine. and Goofy. Go ahead. I'll take, I'll take mine. All right, run through. Well, them. it's too late to change. Yeah. Too late it's to too turn late. back now. <laughs> so I'm going with Mrs. Witch from A Wrinkle in Time. Okay. Because we need Oprah on the team. Oh boy. Okay. The genie from Aladdin. I did put some oh, animated characters in there because he can grant wishes and whatnot. Yes. yes. Wolverine. Oh my God. <laughs> so even the acquired ones. All right, fine. Yes, Go ahead. it's part of the it, Disney universe so. now. Um, Evil Queen. Okay, which one? Because of the uh, just basically we need we need the witchcraft and the uh, and the dark fair. magic. Okay. Um, Pinocchio, because Pinocchio can tell Pinocchio's nose will grow if the evil person he's fighting against tells a lie. Because how many times is there a twist in the end? And this person uh, you thought was good turns out to be bad. We need Pinocchio on the team. <laughs> I think Pinocchio's nose grows when he tells a lie, not when other people tell a lie. Not in my world. Okay, fair. Okay, <laughs> Hercules, because he's the strongest sure, in there's the universe. Animated. Okay. Now here is here's my ace in the hole, okay. Tinkerbell. Do you have Tinkerbell? Oh, I do have Tinkerbell. Damn, because yeah. listen to Tink's powers go ahead here um i can't even read my own chicken scratch <laughs> luck first of all Certainly. invisibility mm-hmm. flight yes nimble it in in enhanced senses she can shadow i mean she's kind of and she sort of fulfills the ant-man role yeah she's teeny tiny okay and then i threw Minnie in there because Minnie, Minnie mouse Minnie mouse needs to be with mickey and Fair i enough. have a feeling that in in this universe Minnie is buff and kicks some butt oh you don't think she's the pepper pots of the universe you think she's the one kicking no butt? no no i think she's kicking some okay butt. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. We don't have a pepper pot in my universe. <laughs> All right. I, I have... think that was only nine, but whatever. Okay. Well, It'll if you add Mickey kick... Mouse and Donald Duck and, and, and Goofy, that's oh, 12. Okay. So oh. you're good. You're so good. I really cheated. Yeah. With Mickey Mouse, uh, uh, I keep, obviously, he's my Captain America. Donald Duck is my Iron Man because he won't stop talking. He's like Robert Downey Jr. Goofy, I get rid of Goofy somehow. I Tanya Harding him and knock out his knees so he can't come with us. Tinkerbell is my wasp. Elsa from Frozen is my Scarlet Witch. Stitch from Lilo and Stitch is Rocket Raccoon. Because remember, Stitch is from space. Peter Pan is my Doctor Strange. Merida from uh, Brave is my Black Widow. Mulan is my Captain Marvel. The Beast from Beauty and the Beast is my Hulk. Because he can change into both. (laughs) Genie is my Doctor Strange. And Hercules is my Thor. That's my animated Disney universe. So perhaps we took the question different ways. Because (laughs) I took it to mean anything in the whole Disney library universe you're, you're fair. and i didn't and i didn't replace i didn't no. do their their marvel equivalent right. that was my decision i did that but he didn't say i that. would not get rid of goofy and i'll tell you why oh, really okay. quickly when i went to disney world as a kid mm-hmm. i did a picture with goofy mm-hmm. and he squeezed my he was standing over me squeezed my head so hard he was evil so i, I think he oh could have God. a hidden evil wow. quality to him goofy was maybe working I, some things he ma- out goofy he made me down. cry <laughs> <laughs> so i was always scared of goofy yeah it How hurt were you when this I don't know. Oh, you were a child. Yeah, okay. He was standing right. over me taking a picture. He put his hand on my head and it was like, it was like a vice grip. Oh, wow. Goofy. Goofy's got some hidden anger issues. We've got to work out. Um, this is fun. Anyway, all right. Well, thanks everybody for sending these great questions. It's fun to talk about. the uh, the uh, this was, I saved it for the last one here because I thought it'd be a great one to have a conversation about. It was a lot of fun to hear Nikki's side of things. She's right. He said Disney Universe. He didn't say only animated characters. That was my reading of it. So you, you, you like Nikki's list no, or my list? Your list is very impressive because you did the Marvel equivalent, which... I tried, yeah. Well done. Just to have fun with it. Well, it was just having fun. 
really well done. But <laughs> but it's kind of cool because it's like fantasy football. With, yeah. With the Disney Who would you draft? All right, fantasy Who football. Who would you draft? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, well, we appreciate it. As I said, you guys sending the questions. Remember, when you send the questions in, uh, we put the, uh, the call out on social media, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Put that hashtag Collider Mailbag on your questions to make it easier to find. Or you can email us at mailbag at collider.com. Love reading your questions. Uh, hope you enjoyed yesterday's episode with Jeff Snyder. And we'll have two more episodes coming up later on uh, next week. Two more episodes uh, there as well. And then tonight, don't forget, season finale, Game of Thrones, me, uh, Ashley Robinson, the returning Haley Fouch, and Dennis saying we will be watching this thing and then doing it live, our recap live. You can join us on the chat. Look for it that on the Collider YouTube channel and on Collider on the social media there. But I want to thank Nikki Novak for taking the time to come on Collider Novak. Thanks, Nikki. It's always, always fun. fun. Always fun. Tell people where they can find you and everything you do. And Nikki Novak at Fandango. Yeah. And yeah. all your interviews. And you, she appears everywhere. So you, she'll pop up on your TV screen. You could be watching Fox. could be watching Good Morning America. Or NBC Today, rather, today. You, anywhere. She pops up anywhere. It's incredible and about I'm you. I'm going to be writing my script for the Disney Universe <laughs> slash Marvel movie. With The Rock. That's perfect. <laughs> With The Rock. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Have yourselves a great Sunday. And we'll talk to you next time on Collider Mailbag. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 83120. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.